Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today I've got a special guest on the call, and that is Mr. Michael Blank. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. So I'm calling in from beautiful Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada. Where are you located today? I'm in Northern Virginia. This is out of Washington, D.C. Washington, beautiful area. I've been to Baltimore several times, Washington a few times. Nice area of the country, that's for sure. So if you're not familiar with Michael, Michael is a very, very sharp, astute, and experienced, successful real estate entrepreneur, trainer. He's a coach, and he focuses on multifamily properties. And his claim to fame is helping people to get out of the rat race to, to achieve financial freedom in three to five years from investing in multifamily properties. So that sounds really good to me, Michael, and, and multifamilies are... are my uh, one of my favorite real estate investing strategies as well. So really looking forward to chatting with you today. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So Michael, let's just jump in and tell us a little bit about what sparked your interest in real estate investing in the first place. Well, it's like so many people, we're, we're sitting there wondering, you know, what, what are we going to do with ourselves? We, we've been working 15, 20 years and we're like, we can't do this another 15, 20 years. We're missing our kids grow up. And, you know, this, this is where, you know, where we're thinking about a solution and we pick up rich dad, poor dad, and we're like, oh, that's what we want to do. We got, that's, that's what we need, financial freedom. And, and then maybe we're even thinking real estate and it's like so many people. Passive income too, right? Passive income. And it's so like, like so many people like I have, the first thing, you know, you think of is single family house investing, you know, rentals, flipping, wholesaling. That's what everybody else teaches. That's what everybody at the local RIA club does. And so therefore you gravitate. And that's what I did. We, you know, flipped three dozen houses in three years and, and made great money, and but but then you know I got into kind of accidentally got into real, uh, an apartment building, and you know not very after the purchase not very exciting, but you know it was it was sending me this mailbox money, and meanwhile I'm flipping and flipping and flipping, and you know busy busy busy. I'm like man, this is not really what I wanted. I didn't want to be a. I thought financial freedom and real estate investing was the same thing, and it turns out my gosh, they actually aren't. And so I paid attention to this and said, hey, I got to do more of these 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 apartment buildings and and less of these house flips. And that's kind of when I started shifting my strategy. And as I got through, you know, into, into blogging about this and doing the podcast, I discovered that a lot of people, the majority of people, when they think investing gets started with single family house investing, nothing wrong with that. But then they silently shift to apartment buildings and then quit their jobs in that way. And I was like, that's interesting because that's, that's my, my journey as well. And that's when I started paying attention to the fact that, Hey, maybe apartment building investing is actually the most direct path to quitting your job. And, and it is, that's my conclusion now. Well, that's really interesting. So what do you find with your students? And I understand that, you know, every market's different, every property is different, et cetera, et cetera. But typically how many multifamily properties or how many rental units or doors do they need to have to be able to quit the J-O-B? What's been yeah, it, it, typically, it typically comes down to two or three deals. That's it. And, and the size almost doesn't really matter. Meaning that if, you know, if, if you're if you're trying to replace $4,000 of income, you're, you, you're probably going to start with a smaller building. But uh, if you have more, you're going to start with a large, slightly larger building. But what's interesting, Dave, is this law of the first deal says that if you get into a multifamily of any size, the second and third one will follow in rapid, almost automatic succession. And so really what happens is that first one is the smallest, takes the longest, and is the hardest to do. And then what happens is a snowball effect. And the second literally comes automatically. Like you'd have to spend more energy not to do the second deal than to just go with the flow. And so if I can just focus my resource, if I can help a person do their first multifamily deal, I know the second or third will come automatically, even if that first deal is a duplex. Interesting. 
Very, very, very cool. All right. So you kind of answered this already, Michael, but what would you say, you know, with you, with your experience is one of the biggest mistakes people are making when they, when they get involved in real estate investing? Is it focusing on these little deals instead of just jumping right into bigger ones faster it's, or what? It's almost, not so much the little deals. In the beginning, I thought go big or go home. I no longer think that, but it's this mindset. So someone, just because someone buys a duplex does not mean that they're approaching it from a multifamily mindset. You can have a, a, a landlord, a single family house landlord, get into a duplex or even a quad with a single family mindset, and it's different. If someone approaches it with a multifamily mindset, they will consider the duplex as a stepping stone. And what happens is if, if you start with a duplex, the second deal will be a 10 units, the third deal will be somewhere around 20 to 30, and the, the, the deal after that will be around between 50 and 100. Right, so pick your favorite entry point. It doesn't really what what you are. So the biggest mistake, the biggest mistake people make, is that they dismiss multifamily as an advanced strategy that they will get to after you know a decade of single family house investing. After having saved up a bunch of money, they will then graduate to multifamily, and it's just not true. Well, okay. Well, I, I mean, because that seems like common sense. So why is that not true? Well, for a variety of reasons. And I thought this was the case as well. So I would call a broker. I had flipped three dozen houses. I, I would call up the broker and said, hey, broker, I'm Michael. I'm the man. What deals do you have? And they're like, well, hi, the man. Uh, why don't you tell me how, much, uh, how many multifamily uh, things you've done? I said, well, none, but look at all the houses I flipped, right? And I got like no credit at all. So it was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I just couldn't believe that I didn't get any credit for, for the stuff I've done. And then I compare that to people who, bypass single family house investing entirely. And what I see them doing is after some education, their language, it sounds more sophisticated. It sounds like they're, they're speaking the language. Their confidence is a certain, their skill level and confidence are a certain place. They've built a team around them, right? All following kind of these best practices. And now they're able to get into a multifamily just right from the start. And now they're on, on their way. Nice. Nice. I love it. So you're a big fan of Robert Kiyosaki. He wrote a book a few years ago called Your Unfair Advantage. When it comes to real estate investing, Michael, what do you think is your unfair advantage? My unfair advantage is interesting. Uh, at, this, at this point, I would say it's probably a system. It's a system for getting started with multifamily. And it's, it starts with, you know, with, with a foundation of education and then a focus on building the skill set of analyzing deals and then building on that, right? And how do you go about reaching out to brokers? Uh, it's by building a team. The, so it's basically a systemized approach to getting started with this business. And the key is, is really overcoming that lack of experience and the key is learning the art of raising money. That's really the focus of the system. And once you have those two, where you develop, it's, it's, it's lights out because now you can overcome your lack of experience by a little bit of education, it doesn't take long. Like within 30 days, you're talking a language, you know how to analyze deals, it's amazing. And you can learn to raise money, which is just a huge aha moment. So I definitely want to talk to you about raising money. But before we jump into that, I know here up here in Canada, especially in the bigger centers like Vancouver and Toronto, it's very, very difficult, A, to find a multifamily property for sale, and B, find one that makes sense financially after you've analyzed the numbers. So do you or your students invest much outside of your own backyard? All the time. Like we assume it. Yeah. Uh, the vast majority do. Uh, and then there's some few individuals who are lucky. They're living in, in a market that actually happens to you know, have any kind of cash flow. But the majority of people are exactly in your shoes. No one's investing in their backyard. Excellent. All right. Very good. So you touched on one of my favorite subjects, which is all about raising capital for your deals. 
before you give us a few tips about that, how did you kind of fall into that yourself? Or were, were you doing that when you were doing your flip deals or were you self-financing? How did you get into raising capital? Yeah, it started with that. And so just a quick background, I have a, a software background, which I feel uh, prepares me well, very well for real estate. And through that, I was part of a uh, software IPO, which put a bunch of money in my pocket, which was great. So I was again, the man. And then I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and it completely ruined my life because I decided to, to take all this money and get into cash flow business. I'm getting, I'm getting to, the, to the point of where I ended up with no money. So I got into these restaurant businesses. That was my cash flow, my, my passive investment. Long story short, I subsequently lost my IPO millions and I clawed my way out with, with real estate. And so when I, uh, this was after the, the recession, I had none of my, all my money was deployed at that point. It wasn't completely gone, but it was deployed. I had none of my own capital left. So I had to raise money. And I started by simply by talking to friends and family and then someone was dumb enough to loan me $25,000. You know, it was like 12% interest, six, six, six months and it was perfect for house flipping. And I was like, holy moly, I can't believe I can do something without my own money. Like that was, that blew my mind. And before you knew it, we had, we had raised a million dollars and we're buying two houses a, a month. And it was just a, and that's also how I got into the apartment buildings. And so having done, oh, this is what entrepreneurs do, right? I mean, entrepreneurs make something happen out of nothing. And that was a perfect example of that. How, how can I do something without my, none of my own money? And I'm actually providing a return for investors and I'm giving them cash flow and I'm giving them advantageous tax treatment. So I'm actually serving them as well. So when that happened, that was a huge light bulb moment for me. That would be huge. So Michael, a lot of people are going to be listening to this or watching this interview and they're going to be thinking, well, that, that sounds good. This guy's, you know, he did a, he was big in the software industry, raised a bunch of money for a business. He raised money for flips. He's, it's easy for him to do this kind of thing. What baby steps would you give to somebody who has never talked to anybody about investing in their deals? What, what kind of tips would you give them to get started? Now, the first thing is you, you do have to educate yourself to some degree. Now, you know, and, and I think at one point you have, to, you have to start investing in yourself, but there's, so, there's a lot of free resources out there as well where you can actually educate yourself for either free or for very little, little money. But you have to educate yourself a little bit because you have to appear knowledgeable and confident when you're talking to other people. And my other advice is not to go out and raise money. My, my advice is to simply share your enthusiasm with people in an intentional way. So instead of you jabbing about the weather or sports or politics, which can keep you busy for, for hours, you know, t share your enthusiasm for this cool apartment building thing. You're getting this apartment building thing and you have these, you know, investment opportunities, min investment is $50,000 and the return is 10 to 12%. You're really excited. You have a mentor, you're visiting a property, you're doing all this cool stuff. And all you're doing is just sharing the enthusiasm. And people kind of are drawn to that or not. And the ones that are, you continue the conversation. And some of those people might end up investing with you. But it's really a more of an intentional relationship building and really just blabbing about your investing escapades to everyone you come across. Yeah, I can't remember what the exact expression is. But yeah, it, it, the, the, it's all about the energy, right? Energy is what is transferred. The person with the highest energy is the one that's going to accomplish what they want. Yeah, most definitely. So, Michael, I know that you've been... So, when, when did you kind of jump into the whole multifamily field in the first place? What, how, how long ago was that? Well, when I quit my job in 2005, I decided to do everything at once. I, just, I learned to stretch stocks and options. I flipped a house. I got into the restaurants. I took an apartment building boot camp. I learned how to negotiate short sales. It was, I was like a sponge. I was like a financial freedom sponge. Yeah. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
So I actually got into, uh, into apartment buildings in 2006. And I was at the time, I live in Northern Virginia, DC, and I was looking in, in Texas at the time. That was a market. And I had a verbal agreement after having looked at about 150 deals on an 82 unit in, in, in College Station, Texas. And I put a bullet in that because I was so knee deep in the restaurant. I said, I can't do both. Now, in hindsight, I probably should have pulled, put a bullet in the restaurants and not in the apartment buildings. I would have been much better off. <laughs> but so that's where I got into it. I, I got into it then uh, in hot and heavy in 2010 and 2011. Very, very interesting. All right. So, Michael, I know that you work with a lot of people and you put on, you put on events and, and training and all kinds of stuff. When, when you're working with somebody, what do, you, what do you think is the biggest problem you help them solve? Or what, what do you solve for them? What's the, the biggest challenge most of your clients or students are, are having that you help them to overcome? Dave, it depends on what stage you're coming to me. If you're signing up to a mentoring uh, program, you've already decided you're going to go multifamily, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're, coming, if you're coming with that kind of mindset, you're looking for knowledge and skill and confidence and support, right, at that point. But if, if you're like most people, you're not there yet. The biggest problem we're solving is getting someone to consider multifamily as a strategy when they're thinking, hey, I want a landlord for the next five years. Or I'm going to flip houses or wholesale. So it really depends on what stage, what stage a person is in. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So if, if somebody's just kind of tiptoeing around the idea of getting into multifamily investing, do you have any kind of uh, resource or, or freebie that, that you can offer them? Uh, we, have a, we have a bunch of freebies. So we have a free ebook called How to Raise Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. That's a free ebook. We have a YouTube channel, podcast, blog articles. It's really all intended to help people decide if multifamily is right. I have a book that I published last year as well, where everything's kind of in the, in the same, it's on Amazon, everything's kind of, kind of together. So I think the first step of all the free resources is really to, hey, is this, is this right for me? Like, what would it look like if I did this? What, what's it like to raise money? What's it like to analyze deals? And you kind of get a, a feel for, for, the, for the business. And I think that the biggest important thing is just to have an open mind and not dismiss it because of what you think you know about it, but keeping an open mind. And at that point, if someone says, oh my gosh, this is actually really interesting. I see how I can do this. I see how I can overcome lack of experience and how I might be able to raise money. At that point, one might consider investing in, you know, in, in, in education. And I, we obviously, we have programs, but there's a lot of other people that have programs as well. Awesome. And if people want to find out more about you, Michael, what, uh, what should they do? Sure. My, our website is themichaelblank.com. That's T-H-E, Michael, and B-L-A-N-K.com. Or just, just uh, search apartment building investing and, uh, and you'll come across me. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. So, Michael, from all your years of experience, especially focused on, on investing in multifamily properties, what would be one really good actionable tip you would give somebody to get started in that direction? So I think the biggest actionable tip is to gain clarity. This is just kind of wishy-washy and has nothing to do with tactics. And sometimes I get asked tactical questions and I'm happy to answer them uh, all day long. The problem is it doesn't really help someone get to where they want to go. Right. So I've come to the conclusion that the biggest actionable step is to gain clarity. What does one want in life? Do they want to quit their job? If so, why? What is it that they don't like? What is it that they want? And then getting clear about that path, because if people were to do that, number one, they may not do a real a single family house investing strategy. They may or may not. It depend, depends. Um, and also clarity allows them to be very clear on what action to take because someone is very clear on something. It's very easy for someone to take action, right? Versus someone is not clear on what they want. It's a wishy-washy thing and they might take some action here and might take some action here and nullifies what they did over here or a complete inaction. So clarity is really, really important. 
Excellent. Very, very well said. We were a little concerned about not having enough time on this on this interview, Michael, but we've gone through the questions. So with our last minute and a half or so, is there any question that I should have asked you, but I didn't? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. I think we I think we really covered it. I think it's it really is. It's a it's a mindset thing. And and I don't I find in conversations with people you know, they, they would agree with me that multifamily is what they eventually want to do. They just dismiss it as something that's viable for them. And that's kind of one of the things I want to, I want to change because I see that this phenomenon of two to three deals of quitting your job is so strong. It's so pervasive. It's so powerful. And I've done so many shenanigans in my life from software to restaurants to this, that, and the other thing that there, there's nothing more powerful, more replicatable, more learnable and faster than uh, passive income through multifamily. That's really what I'm excited about. And, and, and really, the financial freedom is kind of a, a means to an end, which is, which is allowing you to live a life of significance, right? So if you're working 50, 60 hours a week, and I'm talking about you know, living a life of purpose, you know, Dave, live a life of purpose. You're like, what, are you, what the heck are you talking about? I'm working my, my butt off here, providing for my family. I don't know what you're talking about. On the other hand, I find people that were able to quit their jobs with this stuff, they, there's a temporary state of confusion. Maybe they buy a bunch of stuff and they go on vacation. And after about four months, they kind of go, ah, this is, now what? Now what? And they start thinking about living a larger life or living a significance. And I see this over and over again. So really that, that, first, and that first step to living a life of significance, in my opinion, is you have to have your living expenses covered in some way. And that's what keeps me getting out of bed every morning. Awesome. Very well said. Michael, thank you very much for your insight and your time on the interview today. It's been a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. And everybody, thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.